Project in Bucksport, Orland, Verona Island, and beyond. Available on newsstands every Thursday. Does the extra-large soul show have more soul than snowshoes? That would be quite a feat, and the old flounder of the soul show is stepping in that direction every Thursday afternoon from 2 to 4, only on your community radio station, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9 and 99.9 in Bangor. He laces together old and new soul, Cajun, reggae, and whatever else he can shoehorn in. Add some sandalous humor that he sneakers in, and even the well-heeled will be making tracks for community-supported local radio, WERU. A voice of many voices, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, and on the web at WERU.org, grassroots community radio. Support for WERU comes from Village Soup, the Republican Journal, providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. Just a little past 4 o'clock. Stay tuned for Main Currents with your host, Amy Brown. And this is Main Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. Today we'll be taking a look at some of Governor LePage's recent behavior and what's being done to address it. Last night he stormed out of an event at UMaine Farmington calling two student protesters idiots after he spotted them standing at the back of the crowd quietly holding signs. Monday he held a meeting that legally should have been public, but public access was denied. At the recent Maine GOP convention, LePage characterized two of the state's largest environmental and social justice groups as the enemy, used profanity when referring to the president, and complained about restaurant workers with accents. And these are just a few of his more recent controversial moves. It truly is hard to keep up. Efforts to impeach him were defeated earlier this year, but his controversial behavior keeps those efforts alive. And meanwhile, his supporters praise his plain-talking style. We'll be opening the phone lines a little bit later, so you can call in and let us know what you think. But first, we're going to start with what happened on Monday with that closed-door meeting of an Education Reform Commission. By state law, the meeting should have been open to the public. Maine House Speaker Mark Eaves is among those who has spoken out publicly about that violation of Maine's open meeting law, and he joins us now by phone. As listeners are likely aware, Eaves was also the target of LePage's political retribution when the governor threatened funding for an organization that had just hired Eaves, forcing the organization to withdraw the job offer. And a lawsuit around that action is still in progress. Welcome to Maine Currents, Speaker Eaves. You there with uh- us on the phone? Thank you, Amy. Yes, it's great to be on with you guys this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. According to a report in the Portland Press-Herald, Senator Alfond, who attended that Education Commission meeting, told the group at the meeting that he was uncomfortable meeting in private. He thought it might be a violation of the law. He also says in the days leading up to the meeting, he several times tried to contact the governor's office and express those concerns. Didn't hear back, but the meeting was moved from the State House over to the Blaine House. Does the fact that the governor was the highest-ranking official at that meeting and that it was held at the Blaine House, his residence, make him ultimately responsible for making sure the open meetings law was complied with? Well, that, that's certainly my take on it. I mean, you have to understand that the governor, uh, this was his commission uh, that he set up through statute through this most recent legislative session. Uh, he sent out an agenda 
um, about the first meeting on the commission. He convened the meeting, and then he had his staff stand at the door and turn members of the public away. Um, clearly, this is a violation of our public access laws. Uh, clearly, his staff uh, was told about this violation, and they decided to move forward with it anyways. And my perspective is, if we're going to have laws, <clears throat> we should be able to enforce them. We should enforce them. So the Attorney General's office came out quickly saying that their interpretation is that there's no exemption or exception for the governor to have a closed more, uh, uh, meeting um, that should be open to the public. And uh, we're encouraging the, the Attorney General uh, and her office to you know, use whatever available sanctions uh, they have available to her uh, to make sure that the governor's held accountable for blatantly uh, breaking the law. And some of the members of the public that were turned away were actually legislators, uh, at least one of which I read was on the Education Committee of the legislature? Yes, actually two members of uh, the Education Committee showed up to um, to be there to, to understand and hear what the commission was talking about, what the goals were, what the intent was, and what they hoped to accomplish. Um, they tried to attend, and they were turned away um, by, uh, you know, staff members of the governor and, and actually a state trooper as well. So, you know, this should alarm everybody. This is not just, you know, a, a passing um, uh, thing that, that people shouldn't take seriously, and that's why I think you've seen the media coverage around it. The media certainly understands the importance of our public access laws is an important part of our democracy to have open and transparent meetings. Um, we're just calling for accountability to make sure that every single meeting of that commission moving forward and every public meeting that should be open to the public is. And if sanctions need to be um, put in place to make sure that that happens in the future, then I think that that's what should happen. The sanctions would be a $500 fine? That is the financial penalty, up to $500, but I, I think more than that, what we would hope is that a, a judge would um, put an injunction in place to make sure that any future meetings of that commission would be made public. I mean, it's pretty egregious that we even have to talk about it right now. Um, this governor has flaunted with uh, you know, skirting the laws, and, and now this is uh, blatantly breaking them. So, you know, I just think it's important that, that lawmakers do make a statement that um, – that, that the Attorney General enforces the law, and um, we are waiting to hear back on what action the Attorney General might take. But um, it is critically important to our democracy that these meetings remain public and open to make sure that the people of Maine understand what is going on uh, in these commission meetings. I mean, the subject of the commission was to look at our children's education. And if there's any issue that galvanizes every person in the state because it affects them, whether they're a student, a parent, or a retiree, that property taxes are dependent on local school costs. I mean, everybody is concerned about this subject matter, and everybody should have access that wants to to it. And that's why we felt compelled to make sure that we were very public about our distress around um, the governor having these secret meetings um, behind closed doors. Uh, it was clearly a meeting um, to do business of the commission uh, the governor said that it is, you know, it was only a get-together breakfast. It was a three-hour-long meeting. Sixty pages of documents were distributed. Presentations were made, and the next date was established for the commission. So clearly, business was conducted. The law was violated, and we hope that the, the governor is ultimately held accountable, so that these meetings are public moving forward. When he was asked about this on another radio station a few days ago, the governor reacted in a way that's pretty common for him. He blamed the media. 
um, in another episode of using language that I can't repeat on the radio. Uh, he then he said he'd no longer participate in the Education Commission, nor would he allow anyone from the executive branch to do so, although later there was a memo that came out saying that there would be someone participating. But I haven't been able to find any acknowledgement on his part that banning members of the public and the legislature and the meeting from attending a public commission meeting was wrong. Have you heard anything acknowledging that that was not okay? I haven't heard anything directly, but I do believe that's just an indication that they know they got this one wrong and very wrong. Um, the reading of the law is very clear, and I think their silence on this is just an acknowledgement that, that they messed this one up big time. And, and I hope that that also means that it won't happen again, that moving forward um, these meetings will be open to the public. Um, but as you, you know, ticked off in the, the beginning of your, your show, um, the governor's certainly having, I think, um, you know, a banner week in a bad way, um, making headlines uh, starting over this past weekend, um, national headlines that really put a black eye on Maine. And the people that I talk to all over the state, um, they want to they want a governor that really represents uh, Maine in a positive way that attracts businesses here, that create jobs so that their kids can stay here, not these antics that just continually create this um, perception of Maine that uh, we're not welcoming. Um, that we're um, not open to new ideas. And, you know, the governor yesterday calling students idiots and just the, the whole host of things that you, had, Amy, just, just said um, really is unfortunate for our state. I think people are sick of it after almost six years of it, um, looking forward to this chapter being over with and, and looking forward to what is, what is uh, ahead um, and looking for a brighter future. But in the meantime, we have to make sure that we're holding the governor accountable whenever we can. Um, that's why I, I called for the AG to, to, to use whatever sanctions available to her um, to make sure that this doesn't happen. That's why um, I and my wife filed a civil lawsuit against the governor to make sure that he cannot blackmail nonprofit organizations uh, in the future. Um, we need to do what we can to, to make sure that this governor doesn't uh, continue to get away with what he's been getting away with for five years. You mentioned that the AG's office hasn't responded. Well, they have They have actually initially issued a statement saying that it seemed to be a clear violation of the law, but in terms of uh, whether or not they will impose any sanctions, there hasn't been a response on that. Is it something that the public could uh, weigh in on their opinion by contacting the AG's office, or is that not a thing that you do with the AG's office? No, that certainly, that, that certainly could be the case. Um, and, and also not just the Attorney General, but also any of the members of the public that were turned away from the meeting could file um, in Superior Court uh, to have an injunction put in place so that they can attend those public meetings moving forward. Um, so, you know, it's not just all on the Attorney General. She is the top law enforcement officer in our state, but, um, it, you know, it, it could be on the onus of anybody that was turned away from the meeting as well. Um, so we'll see that the next meeting is scheduled in, in May. Um, there are, you know, indications that the governor is not going to uh, move forward with the commission at all. He's made that as a public statement. I think that'd be unfortunate um, because of the work that we need to do around education in our state. Um, but we'll we'll stay tuned, and, and I guess we'll all wait to see. Okay. Before we let you go, I know you're really busy. I appreciate your time. Do you uh, can you give us a quick update on where things stand with your lawsuit about the uh, the Goodwill Hinckley job and the governor exerting influence, uh, political influence, and you're having that job revoked? Yes. So really quickly, um, just about two weeks ago, um, we were in court uh, presenting our arguments. The governor's um, claim immunity, hiding behind his political privilege, to not have this lawsuit go forward. Um, 
the judge uh, did indicate that a ruling would come soon. If the ruling is in our favor, then the governor will have to stand trial for his abuse of power. And um, if not, then, then we'll assess at that point about what, um, what options we have moving forward. But again, the reason why we went forward with the lawsuit was to make sure that the governor was held accountable so he cannot blackmail and abuse his power in the way that he did and, and, and uh, the concern of that happening again. Um, so we are uh, waiting and, and staying tuned on that. Um, the judge did say that it should be, he should make a decision uh, relatively quickly. So um, I would think that we would know sometime in the near future uh, whether the governor is um, going to be forced to stay in trial because of his abuse of power. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. We'll keep an eye on that and appreciate your time. That was uh, Mark Eves, the Speaker of the Maine House of Representatives. Thanks for joining us today on Maine Currents. Thank you, Amy. And we are continuing on now with our program. We are going to be on for the next 45 minutes. At some point, we'll be opening the phone lines to take calls from listeners, but we have a guest here in the studio we'd like to introduce first, and we have another caller that will be joining us at 4.30 as well. Uh, Rebecca Hallbrook is a retired attorney who works with several nonprofits. She is the force behind the very active Impeach LePage Facebook page and has also organized uh, pro-impeachment rallies at the State House. And she says her motivation to bring justice is to bring justice to the people of Maine. She was here a few months ago. Welcome back to Maine Currents, Rebecca. Thanks, Amy. You, when you were here earlier this year, you were supporting efforts by Representative Ben Chipman and others to impeach the governor, and that bill was defeated shortly after the program that we did. Fill us in on what's happened since that time with the grassroots movement to impeach the governor. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to um, the citizens of Maine today. Um, the, the order that was uh, not carried forward was put on indefinite postponement by the House. And it was an order that didn't automatically impeach the governor. It set up uh, a committee that would investigate some of the, the counts. There were eight counts in that order. And um, only one of those counts had been investigated. And it was the one that has to do with um, Mark Eves losing his job at Goodwill Hinckley. All of the other counts we thought deserved to be investigated. Um, but the House did not see it that way, and uh, we accept that. Uh, it was put on indefinite postponement. We are uh, right now um, asking, we're having a lobbying effort by our group. Our group is called Mainers for Government Accountability. Um, our, our thought is that it will be a long-term organization that will do other watch ta uh, watch, watching and looking, investigating work in the future. But right now, our focus, of course, is on the impeachment efforts. Um, our group is quite strong. We, we have built since January. In numbers, we have really increased. And um, our, our thought is to give the citizens of Maine a way, an easy way, for them to take hold of an issue and lobby with their own legislators on that issue. Um, so we put out a, a call yesterday for three days of um, contacts with our legislators, asking them on Friday to please take that opportunity 
to again look at that order, take it out of indefinite postponement because it's still alive, it's just on the sidelines right now, to take it out of that um, state of limbo and put it back on the table for reconsideration. What are some of the other seven items that were on there that were to be investigated? Uh, Well, I don't have the order right in front of me, and I haven't memorized them, but they were things like, I know count seven had to do with a the uh, governor having set up a secret commission that was not made public, just as um, the education commission uh, did not have public uh, access to their meetings. There was a commission that was looking into the human rights commission and, and reviewing it, reviewing their deliberations. Um, that was count seven, I believe. Um, and the last one was the Mark Eves um, matter. And I'm sorry. That's I'm, okay. I actually just I'm found blind. it. I oh, just good. I actually found it in email from when we did our previous show. So there was uh, the refusal beginning in 2012 to facilitate the issuance of land conservation bonds that were ratified by the voters of the state in statewide elections in November 2010 and 2012. And the governor's repeated insistence on extracting compliance from the legislature on unrelated issues prior to his carrying out the will of the people of the state regarding the issuance. Um, Alleged use of state assets as leverage to bring about the resignation. Excuse me. This is actually cut off. Uh, In 2013 uh, of the president. There. Okay. I thought I had a copy of this, but it's not... um, for some reason, the page cuts off halfway through. But there have been other accusations of other people who've been pressured out of their jobs in a couple of different cases besides the Mark Eves case, and those were included in here. There were also uh, allegations that there was some exertion of pressure on employees and hearing officers of the Bureau of Unemployment to decide more frequently mm-hmm. on behalf of the uh, businesses as opposed to people who were fired uh, and, yeah, one of the people who was pre- who's mentioned in here that was uh, allegedly pressured to uh, be fired from his job or to quit because of the governor's uh, opposition to them was the World Acadian Congress uh, president or whatever yes. his title was at the time, Jason Parent. Yes. So those are the things that you would like to continue. You'd like to have that particular piece of legislation revived rather than introduce a different one and have these things still looked at because they haven't been, they still haven't been investigated other than the Mark Eves thing, which they're suing over. That's right. And we think it's only fair to everyone that each one of these accusations be fully investigated and the order set up a structure so that that could be done. Um, and so it could be picked up again in a minute. Um, and any uh, House member has the right to stand up and make a motion to take it off of uh, indefinite postponement and put it back on the table. Um, we have no information about who that might be. Nevertheless, we feel it is important enough that we continue that effort. Um, We also had a thought that perhaps the legislature should start a special session. If they didn't um, 
we've been told several times that they didn't have time to deal with impeachment during the session. Um, so if they set up a special session, they would have time and deal with that single issue. Um, they, the, um, the, the burden to do that is quite uh, difficult, and it is set up in the uh, Maine State Constitution um, that they may convene at any other time on the call of the President of the Senate and the Speaker of the House with the consent of a majority of the members of the legislature of each political party, all members of the legislature having been first polled. So you could see that the hurdle there is quite right, high. Right. Otherwise, you're looking at what, maybe January at the earliest that something like this could be taken up again? Yes, it could be taken up in January, and we certainly do expect it would be. Do you have, have you made inroads with anyone that you think might be willing to revive it, or would it have the original sponsors, or how would that work? Uh, I just don't know yet. There have been conversations. But nothing that you can talk I about I have publicly. nothing uh, concrete to report at this point. Okay. Are there other things that you would, if this were to be revised, like to have added on here? Or is it, as it stands, uh, are the elements that need to be investigated, in your opinion, all included in this? Uh, no, I think we can add um, other counts. Uh, that would be up to whoever decides to, to uh, take make a motion um, to do that, and it would require the um, Democratic House leadership uh, cooperation to do that, to allow it to be amended and added on to. But the, um, the fact of the closed meeting recently of the Education Commission uh, easily could be added. It's, it's almost, you know, a, a carbon copy of what happened in count seven with the other commission that the governor tried to set up and um, and had secret meetings apparently one of the things that was brought up when we talked about this back in january was that there seems to be a um, <clears throat> excuse me a misperception a common belief that in maine in order to be uh, impeached a governor has to commit an actual crime which this may, this alleged uh, violation, I don't know of the uh, open meetings law, I don't know if that would count. But what our other guest said at that time, uh, Hendrick Gideons was the other guest that we had in the studio, that he had researched it. And, and actually in the Constitution, it doesn't say a misdemeanor, it says misdemeanor, uh, committing misdemeanor. So it wasn't on a technicality, he believed that it doesn't actually refer to having committed a crime. Is that your understanding as well? It, it definitely does not say. And again, you're that. an attorney, so you yes, can interpret it, these things. It does not say that. Um, what it was a case of many of the legislators reading that into um, and saying to me, well, as a practical matter, I wouldn't take action unless he had committed a crime. And our scratching our heads and saying, but that's not written down anywhere. And they're saying, yes, but that's what it takes to motivate me to want to impeach him. So the other thing that people were using uh, who, as a rationale for not proceeding with this, even people who had concerns, was that they were afraid that this would mobilize LePage's supporters. Is that something that concerned you at all? 
I have to say that I'm not concerned about that. Um, I mean, we all have our our own beliefs and our own values, and I I think that we need to just be in an open process. I think that um, that having disagreements is not the end of the world. We can have disagreements and still be friends. Um, and and we can take positions that are that are not you know accepted by the house we took a position on this impeachment investigation and they disagreed with us and that's fine that's their prerogative to disagree with us but it it doesn't mean that we won't continue um stating our position and making it uh possible for the ordinary citizens of maine to state their position um, we just have no fear about it. It's, it's our view that something really needs to be done dramatic um, to make it very clear and to straighten up the, the morass that has developed over the, uh, the last five, I guess it's getting on six years now, and the imbalance in the three branches of government. We don't think that's a healthy thing going forward for, for Maine government at all, and it's setting terrible precedents. <clears throat> so um, that's, that's our position. We, we don't think in terms of mobilization of opposition. And is precedence a really important key factor here? As much as uh, punishing the governor for things that you believe he's done wrong, are you concerned about because he's going to be gone in a couple of years, whether he runs for Senate or not is another question, but he's going to be gone as governor in a few years. And some people argue, just let it go. But I believe that you've said before that the precedents for future governors could be set by what is or isn't addressed with this governor. Well, I think they've already been set by the misbehavior and abuse of power of this governor. And I think that's the tragedy uh, for... I'm a grandmother. I want a healthy Maine government to exist for, for my grandchildren and for their children. Um, I want the process to work and for the legislature not to be hamstrung and for all three of the branches to be in, in the appropriate sp space so that they can each have their points of view and we can have a dialogue about the, the really important issues in, in Maine. Um, economic issues, educational issues, all of those issues that we're, we're talking about need to be talked about and the, the legislature needs to be able to legislate without um, a governor that is trying to override everything. Um, and, and trying to take more, more space and more uh, more than he's entitled to. I'm, I'm really interested in getting back to the healthy three-branch government in, in Maine, and that's what this group is all about. We, we really care nothing about punishment. Okay. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Maine Currents on WERU. I'm your host, Amy Brown, and Rebecca Halbrook is joining me today. She is with a group uh, that has been working for a few years now on impeaching Governor LePage and the uh, Group is now called Mainers for Government Accountability, but you can also find her on Facebook at, 
is it impeachgovlepage dot yes yeah at Facebook slash impeachgov g o v lepage, and we'll be opening the phone lines in a few minutes. But before we do, we are going to try to get our next guest on the line. We'll give that another try in a couple of minutes because we are hoping to talk with Mike Tipping of Maine People's Alliance. Uh, quickly, and then we'll open the phone lines for your calls. And we're going to start to take a look at some of these other issues that have come up in recent weeks, the governor's behavior. Uh, have people call in and let us know what you think about these, whether or not they should be addressed, and if they should be addressed, how so. And uh, let me just introduce Mike Tipping in case we do get him on, in, as we're planning to get him on the line. Uh, he is the author of As Maine Went, Governor LePage and the Tea Party Takeover, and he's also the communications director at Maine People's Alliance and the co-host of the Beacon Podcast, which airs here on WERU on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock. And uh, he has been on Maine Currents before. We're welcoming him back by phone now. I think we've reached him. Are you there, Mike? I am. Thank you for having me. Great. Thanks for joining us, and great cell phone signal. Uh, Governor LePage called the Maine People's Alliance one of the greatest enemies to prosperity in the state during his uh, speech at the recent state GOP convention, and he went on to say, quote, I'm telling all Republicans in Maine, if you want to unify, if you want this state to be an affordable and good place, not only to live and raise your family, but to be able to get out of poverty and into prosperity, we need to fight back against the Natural Resources Council of Maine and the Maine People's Alliance, end quote. And we wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. Uh, Mike Tipping, uh, how does it feel to be spoken about that way by the governor? Oh, and it appears we lost him, and uh, Joel is getting him back on the line. So much for speaking to the uh, great cell phone connection that we had a minute ago. Mike, are you back with us? I am. Okay. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, cell phone connections. It sounds really clear. Uh, so I was quoting the governor, which I'm sure you don't need me to read it again because I know you know exactly what he said at the recent GOP convention, and, and not the first time I think that he's gone after uh, the Maine People's Alliance. This time he lumped you in with the Natural Resources Council of Maine and kind of put the two organizations as public enemy number one. So he wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. Well, first of all, I'm proud to be in the company of the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Um, and they do, they do some great work. Um, I think it's really unfortunate that the governor has created an enemies list, that he's trying to divide people on this, and that the real reason he's coming after MPA and the reason he made explicit in his remarks is because he opposes increasing the minimum wage. And that is an issue that has seen people really come together, workers and small business owners all over the state, gathering more than 90,000 signatures to put a referendum on the ballot this November. And it's unfortunate that he's uh, trying to drive people apart, but I don't think he will. I think it's a, a common-sense popular issue that's going to pass this November. Yeah, I was wondering about that. How does it affect the Maine People's Alliance to be single, singled out by LePage? Is that one of those situations that has some benefits to it as well? Well, we certainly got uh, more members and more contributions over the last couple of days of people that you know, wanted to make sure, make clear that they, uh, you know, opposed that kind of, of language, that they supported increasing the minimum wage and creating a fair economy that works for everyone. Um, but overall, you know, it, it may be uh, good for us in fundraising, but I think it's bad for the state in terms of that kind of language coming from our chief executive. Given his history, do you fear he'll try to do more to harm Maine People's Alliance? Well, he said he's going to, you know, make it a summer project to attack the minimum wage, and he did so in some very unfortunate terms. 
during the convention. He attacked restaurant workers, and he uh, mocked immigrants and, and accents of uh, Bulgarians, people from India. Um, so it, I think it's an unfortunate sideshow. I, I hope it doesn't continue, but but who knows with Governor Lepage. Before we let you go, I just wanted, and I know we just have you for a moment, you're kind of pulled over talking with us, and I appreciate your time as well. I uh, just wanted to ask you about your book. We've interviewed you about it before. It, it's a really thorough, well-researched background into what went into the making of Governor LePage and the Tea Party. Is that still available anywhere? Oh, absolutely. It's available at Amazon. It's available in most local bookstores in Maine. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can just uh, Google As Maine Went is the title of it. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the things that I found interesting researching that book is that, uh, you know, Governor LePage, uh, does a good job, uh, dividing people along, you know, he, he is a politician of the Tea Party movement. You know, there are some really strong fissures in our politics that he's exploited. There are some very strong connections between his style of politics and that of someone like Donald Trump, as we're seeing on the, the national stage. And I just think that's, a really unfortunate way to approach politics and approach governing. And I know that we at, at the Maine People's Alliance are dedicated to bringing people together instead. Do you have any stance on uh, impeachment efforts? Um, well, we don't believe it's going to happen. Um, I think that's pretty clear from the way the legislature um, is composed right now. You know, the Republicans are in control of the Senate, and they've been against any kind of, of measure on that. It would really take some Republican votes and some Republican activism uh, for that to happen. I think, you know, it's up to the lawyers if, if his conduct has, has gone over the line into an impeachable offense. But I really uh, take the view of the Bangor Daily News editorial board when they said, you know, we don't need to impeach him. We just need to sideline him and ignore him and really, you know, get to the business of making government work without him. And in part, that's because impeachment procedures, um, you know, he loves being the victim, as we've seen, you know, over the last couple of days, you know, he'll exploit that to the hilt. And he would love that kind of soapbox to rail against all of his perceived enemies. And, you know, let's not give it to him. Let's just, uh, you know, focus on the real issues, the things that really matter for Maine people. For the minimum wage, it's 159,000 Maine workers that that would directly affect um, one in three single parents in the state that are living on knife's edge right now and could use just a little bit of help, you know, working full time, struggling to make ends meet for their family. And it's an issue that we can come together on and, and you know, raise the wage, ignore LePage. <laughs> and what's your website, Mike? That's uh, MainPeople'sAlliance.org. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. That's uh, Mike Tipping. He's the author of As May Went, Paula Page and the Tea Party Takeover. He's also a communications director at Maine People's Alliance. And as I mentioned earlier, he's a co-host of their Beacon podcast, which we air here on WERU on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock. And I'm joined here in the studio by Rebecca Hallbrook, who's been working on impeachment efforts and also the new group Mainers for Government Accountability. Uh, we're going to go back to talking to Rebecca and let her react to uh, what Mike Tipping just said. But I also want to open the phone lines at this point if you'd like to call in and weigh in on this topic of Governor LePage, his behavior, uh, whether or not it should be addressed, and if you think it should be how, the number to the studio is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500. Or you can call 1-866-625-9378. Again, that toll-free number is 
625-9378. We're here on Maine Currents today talking about Governor LePage and some of his behavior. Uh, did you, before we go through some of the uh, recent things that uh, have raised concerns about Governor LePage's behavior, do you want to respond to anything that Mike Tipping had to say, Rebecca Hallberg? Uh, well, it's not the first time we've heard this um, this theory that it's possible to sideline the governor. And we take a different position that it's impossible to sideline the governor. Uh, he's one-third uh, the executive branch uh, in Augusta, and I don't think he's really all that excited about being sidelined. And he's proving to us that he he can't be sidelined. And that was actually the reason that our organization came into being, because there were no other organizations, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, not the Greens, not an independent group, not Maine People's Alliance, none of those likely candidates for our, our movement um, were taking up this cause, and the citizens of Maine were left with no way to voice their opinion on it. All right. Well, we have a way for people to voice their opinion right here on Community Radio. We have two callers waiting. We'll go ahead to the first caller. Uh, what's your first name and where are you calling from? Uh, uh, this is Barbara Moore. I'm calling from uh, Indian Island. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for calling in. So what's on your mind? Where do you weigh in on this issue? Well, you know, uh, LePage has, has just continually over and over it, it it never ends day after day after day he he is uh putting us all in uh positions that uh are just embarrassing and and uh it's always his way or the highway and we have no way uh, no other recourse than the legislators and and i'm hoping for sure that that people will call their legislators today to revisit this issue on the uh, impeachment order that uh, uh, Ben Chipman brought uh, to the floor. Uh, I don't think it's too late. I, I think uh, it, 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 he was just uh, he was just made worse by not being taken to uh, you know taken to task for what he's done. You see, he's uh, has a war against the poor people. As the seven-year-old girl uh, pointed out in his Orono town hall meeting, that didn't make the media, and uh, he he needs to be he needs to be stopped. Legislators need to let him know that we, we we're not going to take it anymore. We're sick of it. I just beg everyone to please stand up and call one eight hundred four two three twenty nine hundred to weigh in with your House of Representative uh, uh, leader from your area to revisit the order, and and I hope you'll also call one eight hundred four two three sixty nine hundred to weigh in on the subject also with uh, your senator. Uh, it's just time for us all to to stand up. We have no other recourse. All right. Thank you so much for your call, Barbara. Thank you. Appreciate you calling in. And we do have another caller on the line. We'll go ahead and take that call now. And that means one phone line is opened up. So if you'd like to be next up on deck, the number is 
0500. Go ahead, caller. What's your first name and where are you calling from, please? Uh, uh, it's Hendrick calling. Hey, Hendrick. Uh, hi, Amy. Speaking hi, of the devil. Hi, Hendrick. Um, it's 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 good to to uh, be thinking about these issues again. I I want to uh, suggest uh, that they've the the directions that Rebecca's going in terms of government accountability uh, is is really uh, a good one. And let me uh, elaborate just a moment on that. The, it, listening to Mark Eves talk about how uh, uh, awful it was that the governor closed that meeting, um, uh, it was interesting because just a few weeks ago there was a case where uh, uh, Senator Brakey um, at a committee hearing That's uh, Eric closed of Auburn. and uh, had a caucus uh, and. Um, uh, excluded uh, the public from it. Um, the question about government accountability is much bigger than the, just the governor. Um, the non-response of the legislature to the serious issues, uh, their own making up the definitions of what constitutes the, the uh, criterion for impeachment uh, is an illustration. The continuing holding of closed caucuses uh, talking about stakeholder interests in committee um, uh, process, but the only stakeholders are the business and corporations, not the people. Uh, th these are fundamental issues about government that need to be addressed in Maine and addressed firmly by us, the citizens, by, by the democracy. And um, uh, it's, it's way bigger than LePage, although he's a big man, and makes a big splash, but he's he's a joke, um, and uh, everybody understands that. And this, the legislature doesn't want to deal with it. We need to to address that as well. Well, thank you for your call, Hendrick. Appreciate it. And uh, speaking to that, the national attention that some of LePage's uh, actions have received, and we'll take another phone call in just a moment, but as he vetoed the legislation that would have made Narcan more easily available recently, that's the drug that would prevent overdoses, something that's legal in most other states. LePage's rationale was that it would just save the person until their next overdose. Uh, Rachel Maddow on MSNBC went on to say, well, doesn't most medicine just save you until you die? Uh, but the media attention uh, included an article in Salon titled, America's Most Evil Governor Strikes Back, Paula Page Vito's Life-Saving Heroin Overdose Antidote Bill. Um, others questioned how he could claim to be pro-life when he takes a stance like this. The New York Daily News called him reviled. A Huffington Post article was titled, Paula Page to Heroin Addicts Drop Dead. And another MSNBC report uh, was titled, LePage's Callousness Takes an Ugly Turn Even by LePage Standards. So that's just a real quick rundown of some of the national media attention just one of his recent decisions has received. But we do have a caller on the line. Go ahead, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And welcome to Maine Currents. Hello, this is Yo in Tremont. Hey, Yo. I don't think there is anything wrong with Mr. LePage. On the contrary, I find his behavior typifies what government is today. All governments from summer camp to globalism always violate the rules because the needs of all government are contrary to those of the people. Thank you for putting on this program and thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. 
Thanks for your call, Yo. We'll take one more call, and then we'll pause for a moment to let Rebecca Halbert, my guest in the studio, respond. Uh, caller, you're on the air. It sounds like you may have your radio on in the background. you want to turn that off and give us your first name and where you're calling from, please. Hi, this is Larry calling from Bangor. Hey, Larry. I was trying to catch uh, what Yo said, and I think there's some validity in what he's saying there. Um, in my mind, the problem really isn't Paul LePage. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people are also uh, seeing Donald Trump uh, do some of the same kinds of things that Paul LePage are doing. And I don't think Donald Trump is the problem either. I think the real problem is that a lot of people, uh, probably not very many that are listening to WERU, but a lot of people that are listening to WVOM or some of the other stations are uh, basically uh, feeling left out. Uh, they're not making it in the economy. They're not seeing that uh, the people in government are doing anything for them. They want to, you know, essentially uh, give the bird to the people running for, for election, elective office. And this is a way to do that by voting for the people that they think are giving the bird to uh, uh, the government in the same way they want to see that happen. You know, Larry, let me ask you, there's an interesting kind of dynamic going on there because Paula Page at least can say that he has come from poverty. So his being able to connect with people in that same situation might make sense in that way, but, but Donald Trump is sort of the opposite of mm -hmm. the people that he's attracting. Do you have any thoughts about that dynamic? Well, it's not where they're coming from. It's what they're saying. You know, they're saying somewhat similar things. They're saying, you know, I will, uh, I will, um, at, you know, deal with government and represent government in a very different way. I think it's really a lot about, and it's not so much, I mean, Bernie Sanders is saying that to some extent, too, and getting a lot of support. It isn't uh, where people are coming from. It's how they're, it's what they're perceived of as their relationship with government. And what a lot of people want is people that are not perceived as being part of government because they're not making it in the economy and they don't, you know, and the people in government, the, you know, the people in power, people of the establishment, the middle class, you know, and most of the people in government are middle class, don't represent them. They want to say, I want somebody completely different. Yeah, going for the biggest change possible. Exactly. Yeah. Whether the, that change represents their interests or not. And so uh, that, you know, uh, so that's why I think they're, they're getting the support. You know, it wasn't so much Paul LePage as the problem. It's that people wanted somebody like Paul LePage. And that's what I think is the real problem. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what needs to be addressed. Uh, Maine People's Alliance actually does canvassing around the state. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, because they've been targeted, uh, somebody uh, from Maine People's Alliance who's going to approach a person who's not doing well in the economy, who isn't necessarily very connected to either political party, is not going to be uh, excited to talk to them particularly. But somebody needs to talk to them and to, you know, to, to say to them, look, if you're not making it, here, here are the kinds of ideas and the people who are represented by those ideas, 
that will uh, actually represent you. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, I think we're we're barking up to some extent the wrong tree. I mean, I think it's fine if if somebody can get uh, Paul LePage out of office, and it would be nice if uh, Donald Trump were not elected. But still, the problem, the real problem, is that a lot of people are disaffected by the system, the government system, the economic system, and we need to address their issues. Thanks for your call, Larry. Okay. Appreciate it. I want to uh, pause and give Rebecca Halbrook a chance to respond to that and also give out the phone number again, which is 469-0500. we got about 10 minutes left to the program. It's Maine Currents. I'm Amy Brown. Joel Mann is here engineering and taking your calls. He'll put you right through if you have an opinion about Governor LePage's behavior and whether or not it's something that needs to be addressed. And if so, how should it be addressed? Should he be impeached? Or is there another option? Rebecca Halbrook's been working on this issue for a while now, and we've just taken several callers in a row, so I want to pause here and let you, uh, if there's anything you want to respond to and anything that any of them had to say. I really am, um, I'm really not, I think I, I really don't want to go into the the national election, but I, I do agree completely um, with this last caller who said that there are many in our uh, culture, you know, in Maine and outside Maine, who, um, who really thought they would be able to use uh, the American dream as my, my crowd was able to do. I'm 69 years old, so I grew up after World War II, and we uh, were able to live the American dream. Um, and it appears that uh, our economies are out of whack and that um, it, no matter how hard people work now, they can't really capture the American dream anymore. And, and of course, that makes them extremely angry. Um, I guess my point of departure is that we still have to have a functional government when all is said and done, and we need to be electing people who know how to uh, comply with the law, represent the people, both in the legislature and in the executive branch, and get work, good work done, uh, and not despair for the fact that things are not, not working really well right now, but uh, suggest policies that will work and will bring us out of our you know, out of our funk and into a place where we can uh, uh, feel good again about uh, our work and and the success of our our labors. All right, we do have a couple of callers on the line, I believe. Go ahead, caller. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Welcome to Maine Currents, and please turn down your radio. Hello, caller. Are you there? All right. Hello. Yes. <laughs> You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Jackie, and I'm calling from Portland. Hi, Jackie. What's on your mind? Um, I'm I'm, call, I'm calling because I just wanted to say a few words about LePage um, compared to what some of the other people have been saying. I have a few things that haven't been said yet. Great. Jackie, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. And if you have your radio on, please turn it off. Okay. There you go. Okay. 
Jackie, you need to go ahead. We only have 10 minutes left to the program. You're on the air. We're waiting to okay. hear what you have to say. Oh, okay. I can't tell that I'm on the air. You are. Can uh, Do okay. you have something you'd All like right. to share with our listeners? Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. Yes, I'd like to say, say hello to Rebecca, and um, I also like um, to say that what Larry had to say is very important. Um, uh, however, I also wanted to add to that that the difference between uh, Governor LePage and just another politician who is not doing their work um, is that the things that he has been doing are very dangerous for an awful lot of people. Um, we have uh, a mental health uh, system that is so broken and his his putting out these uh, words, um, bills around taking money away from services for the mentally ill, his words to take away funding uh, for helping um, addicts. Um, all of these things are very, very dangerous. And, and that's the problem that I have with LePage. It's not, not his politics. It's him as a person and just arbitrarily doing things just without any care at all for the human beings that he is affecting. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling in and sharing that, Jackie. We're going to take one more phone call, possibly two, and then we're going to wrap up today's edition of Main Currents. Go ahead, caller. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Steve Otter Creek. Hi, Steve. Welcome uh, to the program. I personally, thank you. I personally like the fact that the page has some guts, but I do believe that all meetings should be open to the public, and I'd like to let everyone know what's going on in the Acadia National Park uh, service down there. I am not allowed to come in to any of the meetings, and I want to be able to come into the meetings to see what our, how our government is operating. So I'm just wondering who I might be able to get in touch with to be able to get that done. All right. Well, if any listeners know the answer to that, they can send that to me via news at weru.org. And Steve, if you email me at the same address, I'll pass that information along. Thanks for your call. Well, I don't have, have any email, but I'll... Okay. You can call me. 469-6600 is the office Thank line. You. Thank you. And we'll take one more quick call, and then we're going to let Rebecca Halbrook, our guest in the studio, wrap up. Go ahead, caller. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? And please turn down your radio. Uh, Jocko. Jacko, call from Abbott. Thanks for calling. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, I don't see much difference between Paula Page and Hillary Clinton and everybody. Donald Trump. They all, they're all like, uh, you know, they they hide what they do, and uh, they have deceptive ways of talking. And I, the one thing I do like about LePage is that he there's a lot of things he just says off the cuff of whatever he thinks instead of saying some calculated thing that uh, hoping not to offend his audience and uh, Clinton she'd probably just say whatever anybody wants to hear and then do her own thing you know like sell uranium and to mm -hmm. other countries and uh, continue yeah. policies that you know aren't really for the good of of humanity or the earth. That so, theme of being plain spoken. I don't see any politician that's right. got the national stage right now or even governorship seem, seeming to do anything good. So it's 
I think we need a total overhaul. All right. Thank, thanks for calling in. Appreciate your call. And that's the last one we have time for today. That theme, though, um, and it, it's a, the, one example is just what happened last night at University of Maine Farmington. A couple of students were quietly at the back of the crowd holding up signs, and uh, LePage saw them and just called them idiots and, and stormed out. That, but that kind of behavior, while some people are very alarmed by it, other people find it refreshing that he doesn't have a filter. Do you want to weigh in on that and then give any contact information for your group, uh, Mainers for Government Accountability, or your Facebook page? Sure. Um, let me just uh, up front say um, the information about our movement is largely posted on Facebook at impeachgov.lepage. Um, and we hope to have a website soon as well. Uh, but that Facebook page is uh, the, the best source right now for what is happening with our movement and what our activities are going forward. Um, you know, um, we could talk a long time about what's wrong with our government and uh, whether or not our, all of our politicians are corrupt or all that. Um, what we want to see, though, out of all of our efforts is a healthy state government that's functioning and doing good for the citizens of Maine. Um, so I, I just come down strong on um, our watchdog function that we hope we, we will continue for years to come because it is bigger than Paul LePage. It's much bigger than him. But when you find a politician like Paul LePage that is fairly much ignoring the will of the people and vetoing legislation just because he wants to veto it because it doesn't fit with his uh, principles and his values, then you know that the politician is not functioning the way it was meant to be. Um, and we do know that we're going to have a government. We're not going to have chaos. So I think that working for a good government is a, is a really good thing to be doing. And uh, thousands of citizens agree with me because we have uh, a great following uh, on our Facebook page, lots of comments, and lots of willing people to roll up their sleeves and lobby and to go to the town meetings and hear what uh, the governor has to say and take positions on what he's saying one way or the other. Uh, the frightening thing for me has been that in um, the last week or so, things have unraveled. Uh, he's been taking a lot of positions that most Mainers would not agree with. It's just not not just the Narcan. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk on a lot of these things, the making fun of, well, like it was brought up a few of them, the making fun of accents of workers and restaurants and several of these other things. But we're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, people can go to your Facebook page. You've been listening to Maine Currents, independent local news, views and culture. I'm Amy Brown. My guests today have been Rebecca Hallbrook, who's here in the studio, and you can connect via that Facebook page, which is Page on Facebook. 
Uh, Maine House Speaker Mark Eves joined us at the top of the program, and Mike Tipping of the Maine People's Alliance also joined us as well. Joel Mann was our engineer today. Join us here every week on the same time, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 o'clock for Maine Currents. And stay tuned now for Democracy Now! coming up next, and then jazz straight ahead with Larry Stahlberg here on your community radio station, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Support for WERU.